Discerning Hearts presents In Search of the Still Point with Dr. Regis Martin. In Episode 9, Dr. Martin reflects on Satan is no symbol. I once heard of a perfectly awful sermon on sin, the point of which was that since we hardly ever commit any, we really ought to lighten up and stop worrying about it. Since then, of course, I've noticed that uh, levels of sin have not diminished at all, leading me to believe that the priest who said so must have been very silly indeed. Perhaps he was a Jesuit, who doubtless felt the same way about Satan, whose existence we are now expected to assume is purely symbolic. How very different the world of the New Testament, where Jesus himself, we are told, spent forty days in a desert wrestling with the devil, who promised him all the kingdoms on earth in exchange for his submission. Doesn't that suggest that perhaps he was in a position to dispose of them? He is not, after all, called the prince of this world for nothing. In a chapter entitled The Enemy, from a wonderful book by Romano Guardini called The Lord, we are told that, quote, Satan is no principle, no elemental power, but a rebellious, fallen creature who frantically attempts to set up a kingdom of appearances and disorder and about whom Guardini urges us to be perfectly clear that knowledge of the existence of spiritual beings, rebellious toward God, hostile to men, belongs ineradicably to the picture of Jesus and to his consciousness of his mission. Without this consciousness, says Guardini, there is simply no Jesus. In other words, Satan and Scripture go together. Otherwise, there is no conflict, no drama, no adversary whose ultimate defeat Christ came into the world to ensure. I suspect the nonsense all began back in the 19th century, when the devil first achieved his masterstroke, which was to persuade great numbers of people to stop believing in him. Once he'd managed that bit of mischief, and as always the wise and the clever were most eager to help him along, he was pretty much free to do his worst. What then becomes of sin, or the distinction between good and evil, in a world suddenly divested of its belief in an evil intelligence, bent on bedeviling us with its false attractions? The number one enemy, declared Pope St. Paul VI, indeed, the source of all temptation, the malicious seducer who knows how to penetrate us through the senses, the imagination, desire, utopian logic, or disordered social contacts in order to spread error and confusion. And to be sure, it was Paul himself who in his last tortured days felt, quote, the smoke of Satan within even the temple of God itself. Well, if it was the 19th century that first paid him the compliment of no longer believing in him, certainly the devil 
has returned the favor, the last century having borne unmistakably the imprint of iniquities not of this world. Why else would the Church institute the prayer of St. Michael at the end of Mass, if not to beseech the mighty archangel, quote, to protect us from his wickedness and snares? Surely the horrors of the last one hundred plus years cannot be the result of human folly alone. As Monsignor Ronald Knox once wittily put it, it is so stupid of modern civilization to have given up believing in the devil when he is the only explanation of it. So I say, let's give the devil his due, but no more. If the first word is his, let all the rest belong to God, who in Jesus Christ broke his sham kingdom in two. Thanks for listening. This is Regis Martin at the still point of the turning world. You've been listening to Dr. Regis Martin in search of the still point. For more episodes in this series, visit discerninghearts.com or you can find it in our free Discerning Hearts app or on many other streaming platforms. Discerning Hearts is a 501c3 nonprofit Catholic apostolate dedicated to evangelization and spiritual formation through the use of new media. To learn how you can support our mission, visit discerninghearts.com.